0: You are listening to Danielle and Sharla on Shut the Fuck Up. We are not done talking yet.
1: Hi, Danielle. Hi, Sharla. Hey, it's great to see your face and hear your voice.
0: You too. We haven't uh, seen each other in person in several weeks.
1: Yeah, and even right now, you are at home, and I'm at home. I'm back from my, my annual week at Rancho La Puerta. How was it? It was great. It was my 19th visit, so I'm like getting to be one of the real old-timers now. We had pretty good weather. It was cold at the beginning, kind of June gloom, but then it heated up, so it was perfect. The excitement this particular week was pickleball. Pickleball was the talk of the whole camp. Of course, we call it camp. Everybody wanted to play pickleball. There wasn't even a pickleball expert there. There's a specialty presenter, this guy named Roger, who teaches pickleball all over the United States, including in prison. And so he, yeah, he had like incredible stories about teaching prisoners how to play pickleball. Apparently, at the end of each game, you all go up together and tap your paddles together, and it's called group hug. So, when he proposed a group hug, all these prisoners look at each other like, no fucking way, I am not going near these other guys. <laughs>
0: Right. I know when I went to Rancho La Puerta with you two years ago, and I got the little, you helped me get a little Nia gig there. Um, And I played pickleball and thought it was hilarious. I had so much fun. Well, we're going to be playing
1: a lot more in the future because I'm joining the Walnut Creek Pickleball Club. And I found out all the places you go to play pickleball, they're all pickup games. So you just show up. And, you know, anytime between like nine to one or whatever the hours are, you just announce I'm here to play pickleball and you take a spot and you just play as long as you want. And then you leave. So it couldn't be easier.
0: I wanted to explain to our readers, um, sorry, our listeners what uh, pickleball is. You can look it up online. It is this game played on a modified tennis court. And apparently right in front of the net is called the kitchen that's and right. you're not supposed to hit balls there, or you sometimes you are supposed to hit balls there, blah blah, it's all crazy rules. And apparently pickles was someone's dog, and that's, that's why it's right. called Pickles Ball, because pickle pickles wasn't allowed in the kitchen. Something Maybe. something like that. Yeah, it's a funny story, and it's a very, very funny game. So yes, let's pick let's do pickup games out in uh, in your part of the world in the CCC. Yeah.
1: It is really, it's taken over in Contra Costa County. They keep converting all these tennis courts to pickleball. That's what they did at Rancho La Porta. They took half of their tennis courts and converted them to brand new pickleball courts. And Roger, who was the pickleball advocate, says it's going to become as popular, if not more so, than golf. So you heard it here, people. Yeah, it was invented on Bainbridge Island. By some families who were just there in the summer. You know, they all had these cabins next to each other. They created the game just gradually over the summer. You know, they kept changing the rules and changing the paddles. It's kind of a cross between table tennis and badminton and real tennis, they say. It's played with a wiffle ball kind of ball and the special paddle that's sort of like a ping pong paddle. And then over a net that's just like a normal tennis height net. So yeah, good times.
0: Awesome. So I wanted to tell everyone about, including you, Sharla, about something that I embarked upon recently. Um, So we're going to get all Brene Brown vulnerable again, like we did in our show recently with um, Julie Barton, where we talked about depression for 55 minutes. I looked back at that show, like we had we all said we had enough to say about it. Um, I think we may have said I have a PhD in depression, which I do. And so I made a phone call or actually a website inquiry. Someone had suggested to me a year ago that something's new, new in the mental health field is ketamine treatment for depression. And so I had heard of it. It was on my mind, but then I kept thinking, I can't do that. That's you know, different. That's expensive. That's a lot of, I don't know. I had all these perceptions about it. So it turns out that ketamine, not only is it a horse tranquilizer, it is also <laughs> a uh, anesthetic, a very, very heavy anesthetic. And then I don't know exactly when, but in the last decades, people were using it as a party drug. Wow. Oh. You take a certain amount of dosage of ketamine and you have a really nice trip, but it ends kind of soon. Like if you take magic mushrooms and LSD, those are a lot longer. Ayahuasca, those are long, right? Yes. This is, this is a limited time and you can like be done and walking around and depending on the dosage in a few hours. So I find out about this, I go in for an evaluation and I lie down on this doctor's couch I get an injection once, and then about 20 minutes later, a second one. I have one of those weighted blankets on me. Oh yeah, uh, eye shades and headphones, and the headphones are playing crazy new age music, kind of like we listen to in Nia, right? No words, and yes. really, but they it's very um, a sonic journey. Like that, they were switching um, between headphones, right, left, right, left, right. I for. Totally tripped out, and <laughs> I loved it. I was, I dissociated. I was not. I didn't have to be with myself. So if nothing else, <laughs> <it's like laughs> you had it. You had a break from yourself, right? From myself. And the, um, I was kind of like riding through tunnels, and then there was this grid. A um, would be like a neon colored grid that you would see in a computer game or something, or in a, or you know, like a science fiction something something and then the grid like turned into a tunnel and then i was and then i was inside a dragon's head with john snow
1: no (laughs) that's awesome oh my god oh my gosh i almost wish i were depressed and i could try this drug i mean i guess i could try it as a party drug but that you know that would be probably the wrong thing to do but Wow, John Snow inside of a dragon's head. That I was is- in this
0: dragon's head, and then the, and, and then I rode around in these circles, and I felt very safe. It was never frightening. And I felt super safe, um, and it ended probably in ninety minutes total. And then it took me a full like twenty minutes from that to be able to sit up, and then ten minutes after that to be able to leave his office. And I had to get a ride home. There's no driving can't even take an Uber. Like I would not, you know, necessarily be able to walk up my stairs. I was pretty out of it. And, and then I stayed out of it for most of the day. And then this is just last Monday. So then in subsequent to this, I have taken two times now a much lower dose in my house. And Bob helped me out. He was my trip sitter. Yes. And it was not nearly as big an adventure with the, you know, riding tunnels, but I, it was like a spacey meditative experience, mm-hmm. um, which I enjoyed very much. But because I feel like I've been depressed for around two months now, I'm eager to just hit the big ones. I'm like, I want this twice a week <laughs> until I feel better. I want it to fix me forever. Yep. I don't want any different treatments. I'm very impatient. I'm very impatient. So anyway, I just want to talk about that people might listen and who either have depression themselves or know someone else who is depressed and hasn't been able to get or get past it or has tried many, many antidepressants, as I have. Yes. There, are, there are newer treatments that even this is NIH-approved, Johnson & Johnson is making a nasal spray out of ketamine to um, for treatment at home. Uh, my doctor chooses to have lozenges made. But um, th- this is a thing. This is not just some renegade, like, go try this thing. It's wet. like taking ayahuasca. Like, I'm going to fly to Mexico and take ayahuasca because I'm depressed. Know. This is a real thing. Suffer. The... The psychiatry establishment for the most part is accepting this and um so I'm excited. anyway
1: well so yeah i was thinking you have tried how many different antidepressants like
0: um at least six or seven and then yeah. uh, lithium is not an antidepressant per se it's for bipolar um i'm on a different bipolar drug lamictal it's supposedly not bipolar um yeah and this thing called trazodone which is like for sleep and depression failed that so like i have tried many things i think it's around seven
1: yeah it seems like you've been trying you've been on and off different things for uh like two years at this point
0: yes right? and
1: up and down yeah things work then they stop working or they don't work at all it's just been a real roller coaster ride
0: yeah so my frustration level kind of hit the roof on the one hand, I'm like so down in the dumps that it's hard to advocate for myself, but somehow I managed to do it. I was like I'm just gonna write it's like there's a contact form on the website, and I did it, and um I got treatment you know pretty quickly within a week mm-hmm.
1: yeah I mean this it seems like it's one of the hardest things to try to do when you have depression is. Do what needs to be done to get yourself out to get treatment that works. It takes a lot of energy just to do that to do, you know look for new doctors, figure out what the new treatments are, because it's kind of in your hands. It's not like anybody is taking it and putting it on their top of their to-do list.
0: No, no, and we can wait and see if something works. But it, you know, we, waiting like more than a bunch of weeks is seems asinine to me. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: I agree. Now, how did you find this doctor who was pre, is doing the ketamine?
0: My friend, who is a psych nurse at Herrick Hospital, recommended him to me. She said he left uh, working at a hospital and went out on his own. So, ketamine. Mm-hmm.
1: So he does this and he does
0: other kinds of just normal
1: psychiatric stuff as well? Correct. And does he do psychotherapy or is he just mainly kind of a chemical
0: psychiatrist? He does psychotherapy. I'm going to mm-hmm. see him um, in a couple of weeks for a session where we can do either just psychotherapy or ketamine assisted therapy where I'll mm-hmm. take a small dose and which tends to make someone more open. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's true. That it tends to make somebody something because he was interested in it, and he told me I could do that if I wanted to.
1: Yeah, got it. I think, yeah, it seems like at this point you've had plenty of therapy, like talk therapy. So I don't blame you for just like wanting to get on with it and get some relief that's yeah. lasting and that works sooner rather than later.
0: I'm so sick of myself. Like, I don't want to talk about myself anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, all these stories. I'm like, these are my stories. Blah, 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 blah. Enough already. Enough already. It's a flipping nightmare.
1: Well, you know, I have to say, it's pretty amazing how, how productive you are, how you get stuff done. You don't just lay around the house, you're really busy all the time and you get out and do things. You know? you teach
0: NIA classes. It's pretty amazing. Thank you. I do my best. There's a lot of acting going on to maintain some kind of semblance of normalcy and going out and about. And um, sometimes I'm okay with socializing and other times I just can't and I have to really withdraw. Yeah. and, And not to, but you know, for the most part, I, you know, shown up at all my classes and obligations. Yeah. Yeah. For the, you know, for several months. So yeah. But anyway, um, it's a, yeah, it's a new thing. And I'm just excited about it. I wanted to talk. I will, we can do another show when it's more conclusive so I can say how it went.
1: Yeah. Cause I, you know, I'm really hopeful that this will help you turn the corner and, really be like a lasting solution, because you've just been at it for such a long time. I really am hopeful that this one, this will be hopeful, I'm hopeful that this will do the job. Yeah. Because you know, you've been suffering for a long time.
0: It's thank been- you, Brian. Um, thank you. Yeah, just so holding space. Thank you for, and also thank you for your support over this time. I have called upon you a gazillion times to either listen to my shit or (laughs) 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 and you've come forward with you know suggestions and stuff when I first got depressed you drove over my house with some Prozac and you're like here (laughs) (laughs) I'm like um I think it takes more than like one pill it was really cute um oh that's uh, right I forgot about that it was like well I
1: just wanted you to have them handy in case you know in case you needed them. <laughs>
0: yeah, balling, totally balling. All right, well, let's take um, just a little break, and we'll be right back. Okay, sounds good. And we're back, and you're. Hi, Charlotte. Everyone, you are not going to believe what we're going to talk about now.
1: That's right. We decided that we are going to tackle a topic that we have wanted to talk about ever since we started our podcasts. And this topic is called cats. Yeah, cats, kitties. We are both cat lovers. In fact, Danielle and her daughter even started a Facebook group that's called for people who love their cats too much. And it's invitation only. You know, if you wanna join, you're gonna have to be invited. But um, yeah, we thought we'd just talk about cats because we love them and we have a lot to talk about. We have many cat stories. And also we know that many of our listeners are also kind of little cat addicts as well. So let's start, Danielle. Why don't you tell me about your current cat load at your home?
0: Our, our current cat load is three cats. Um, one is 14. One is, he's turning 10 in like a week. Bless his little heart. Aww. And one is seven. The oldest one and the youngest one are female tortoise cats. So they are, you know, pretty with the brown and black fur, and they are super high maintenance. Um, They talk a lot and they're really cute. One of them loves me so much. Uh, Every second she jumps on my lap if I'm sitting. And then the the middle one is Rambus, who is like this adorable tabby cat with white socks. And he is, he's like the family favorite. He's like, (laughs) yeah, when my daughters are home, everyone just gets all over his face. Like they're so into him.
1: Now, how did Rambus get his name?
0: Oh, we wanted to get a cat, a kitten, and so we went to the SPCA and got one. I think she was like a present for, he was a present for one of the girls. That's what, yeah, I think for, for Lila's birthday in September. And Bob said, You can have a cat if it's a boy and if you name it Rambus. And Rambus is named after Kurt Rambus, one of the members of the Lakers. Oh, the Lakers, basketball. From the mm-hmm. 80s. Yeah, I remember Rambis. them well. Funny looking guy with black glasses. So that cat's name is Rambus.
1: I remember that because we lived in Boston then and we were um, Boston Celtic fans and they used to play against the Lakers. So yeah, I actually know who Rambus is. That is hilarious. What are the other cats names?
0: Gretchen and Tortellini.
1: Tortellini. That is a great name for a tortoiseshell cat.
0: The... um, The shelter we got her from, the cat the cat rescue named her.
1: You know, my mom has a cat named Callie, who's a calico. And she is a cat who was technically, I guess, like a feral cat. She and her um, siblings were just living outside where my niece worked. They were living kind of a ditch that backed up to the parking lot where my niece Megan was working. And so there was somebody in that office who was constantly trying to trap kittens and then found new homes for them. So they managed to trap all the other kittens, but there was just like one remaining kitten who was too smart to be caught. And there was like this fast food guy who worked right around the corner and he used to feed the cats. And he was like, oh, you're never gonna catch that cat. That kitten is so smart any rate, somehow they managed to do it on a Friday afternoon and the woman who was ordinarily in charge of taking the cats to their new home, she like was off work that day. So my niece ended up taking it to my sister's house, even though my sister already had two cats. (laughs) And so this little kitten spent a few days down in the basement and like on that weekend. Meanwhile, uh, my mother who already had one cat, decided that she needed to adopt this kitten. And we all thought this was an incredibly stupid idea because my mother already had a cat named Sadie, who was maybe 12 years old at the time, who was really a bad cat. Like, one of those cats who only likes one person. In this case, my mother. And everybody else, Sadie would just spit at, Claw at you know, if you actually touched her, she'd bite you. She's a terrible cat, so but at any rate, my mother went ahead and adopted this kitten and named it Callie and brought her home. And of course, Sadie attacked Callie endlessly. I was there one time when there was this huge cat fat fight, and I was sure that Callie had been killed by Sadie. I mean, it was terrible, but what happened is. Kelly grew up and she got older and bigger. And then by the time she was a year old, she could fight back, even though she's really basically an incredibly sweet kitten. So, what happened is Kelly started to provide a good influence on Sadie. It was like Sadie had forgotten how to play, and Kelly kind of reminded her how to play. So, they started running around the house, chasing each other. And then also Callie was so affectionate to my mother that all of a sudden Sadie started to be more affectionate and then just got to be a generally nicer cat all around. It was an incredible transformation. So now when I visit my mom, like Sadie does not bite me anymore because she's, you know, she's been changed by by the influence of Callie the cat.
0: And that doesn't always happen if a newer cat is introduced into a home of an established cat. The established cat sometimes cannot get over it.
1: I know. And it seemed like Sadie was like the last can- the least candidate to ever get over and to take on a new, um, a new cat in the household. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So now the two of them sleep together on the bed and they play together. And sometimes they like, they'll eat each other's food. You know, they'll both have their food and then they'll trade bowls. It's unbelievable. That's cool. Yep, it was a pretty happy ending. Well, see, I'm jealous that you have three cats because my husband won't let us ever have three. He has this rule that three is the slippery slope. And once you get three, that means someday your house is gonna be full of cats. And old newspapers, and you're going to be on the TV news when the police come and they drag you out and clean out the house and try to find homes for all these cats that have taken over your house.
0: Yeah, check it out. I had a cat lady neighbor when I was a kid. You through the woods on the next street on Bernita Drive, and she, if you knocked on her door or rang her doorbell, she out of her living room window she threw candy to kids. something out of like a fairy tale like she was like I a know. weird, weird like, old hag yeah and uh, so and then she had a hundred cats and eventually someone called the police and they all got taken from her I don't remember what happened to her herself if she got put in a home or whatever but she was removed from her home because it was unsanitary yeah well, you
1: know, what I wonder is like what is it about having a lots of cats that turns you kind of into a hoarder Like those people are also they're the ones that have like newspapers stacked to the ceiling, right? Old magazines, newspapers, just crap everywhere where you can barely walk. What is it?
0: I saw I just because I couldn't look away, do not watch reality TV. I think I saw one or two of those shows where they go in and take some like somebody who's so, so ill with their stuff. They're just crazy. Like, no, you can't take my things. They, they protect themselves from having, with all their junk. Yeah. I tell you, I saw several episodes of
1: Hoarders, and it's, there's, that show is so disturbing because from what I can tell, that is like the most difficult mental illness to cure. It's like almost impossible. But every time I watched an episode, as soon as it was over, I found myself running through the house just to any random room and throwing things out. (laughs) Just like, oh my God, there's some clutter, there's something old, get it in the trash. Because I could feel the tug, the like, someday if I'm not really careful, that could be me. I tend to collect things. But I organize them really well. So I'm a little bit of a hoarder, but I'm highly organized, and so I can kind of hide my hoarding instincts because I label everything. It Doesn't look like I'm a hoarder. It looks like I'm just organized.
0: <laughs> I can vouch for you with the with the labels. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to Burning Man, and Charlotte's got labels on everything, like hammer. Okay, I know what that is.
1: <laughs> I know. I know it's true. see, I' just I give myself this um false sense of security if I label things then that gives me control over my environment. <laughs> but any rate, okay, so back to cats. All right, I have to talk about my cat just for a few seconds or whatever. Okay, our cat is named Ellie May Clam Cat. For those of you who have never seen the Beverly Hillbillies, and apparently there are people like that. Beverly Hillbillies was on in the 1960s, and their family name was Clampett. And they had, let's see, oil was found on their property in, I don't know where they held, Tennessee, wherever they were. And so they got super rich overnight. Oh, was it Kentucky? No, I'm just making that up. I really, dun, 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 dun. So at any rate, they moved to Beverly Hills. Swimming pools, movie stars. And so they have, so there's this family of uh, country bumpkins living in a mansion. And they're the Clampets, Clampet family. And one of them, the daughter was really cute and blonde. And she was like an animal lover. Remember, she always had like, she was taking care of little animals and adopting them. So anyway, when it came time to name our cat, who was a stray, my husband decided that the name should be Ellie Mae Clamp Cat. Personally, I had other better names available. Um, For example, this cat has little cute white stockings. So I wanted to call her um, Boots or Nancy Sinatra, as in these boots are made for walking. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. Wouldn't that have been awesome? But I let my husband name the cat because really the cat loves me more. I kind of rescued the cat.
0: Right, you know, but, so you know she, what? You, you let him have one thing because you you got the cat, and the cat likes you more, it, and then he got to name her. It's all right. Sure. It's like it's
1: like your husband with Rambus. You know, just toss them a little bone.
0: <laughs> totally. Oh, get this! I gave birth to Lila, and uh, you know, and it wasn't even that bad. It was like eleven hours compared to my first liver delivery and I, so she was born, I pushed her out, and I looked at him, I go, her name is Lila, you come up with the middle name, like, (laughs) very clear, I'm like, if you thought you were going to name her, no way, (laughs) she just came out, her name's Lila, he's like, yeah, babe, got it, end of story,
1: (laughs) that seems fair, that seems eminently fair, honestly, I think you should have had the middle name as well, but you know, you have to let him have a little role, I
0: suppose. I was willing to have creative input. Yeah. I was fine. I, he, he got to say, he got to, name. <laughs> I was just like, this is her name. Do not fuck with me. When did you decide on her name? During the delivery? Or did you already have a plan? I had an idea the night before. And then she was born. I'm like, this is her name's Lila.
1: Did you have to look at her first? Did it make sure that Lila was going to fit? I did. Yeah, that always seems like, I don't know, people don't necessarily do that, right? Like they decide on the name well in advance, and then they just plop the name on the baby. Eh, that just doesn't, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. I think you should at least look at the baby and go, hmm, yep, that's a Harry, or no, that kid should never be called Harry, that kind of thing. You know, just have a little check step there to make sure the name works with the baby. Or at least not, I haven't had children. So
0: really, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Also, little no, old fashioned, because we didn't get the, uh, find out with the sex of our babies. So, yeah. you know, I, I had some ideas of what we were going to name them, or we both did. Yeah. And it, so really, could have been giving birth to a boy. Right. You just so, never know what's going to pop out. Right.
1: I think that is, that is actually a pretty fun, exciting way to do it. I think most of the time, no, though people know the sex of the baby before it pops out.
0: They want to. They want to decorate the nursery.
1: So yeah, okay, fair enough. But like, do you have to have such a gender-specific nursery? I mean, could you go with like purple or green or you know? I mean, it just seems like premature to get so specific about the gender when they're still an infant. Yeah. You know, Some babies, you can't even tell when you look at them. You know, you can really get yourself in trouble when you say, what a cute little boy or girl, and it turns out that you are wrong. I never do that anymore. I just say, that is a cute baby. But, you know, unless they're like completely swathed in pink and have like a pink bow in their head, screaming, this is a baby girl. I don't even go there on the whole gender thing. You can only get yourself in trouble.
0: Smart move Charlotte. smart move um, We are on the cat topic is there anything else that we needed to say about cats you tell me about your cats your Let's cat. see. Well, okay. One
1: thing about my cat. I just have to say she's very unique she has this trill and When she purrs the more excited she gets the louder the purr gets and the more it gets like a trill and when she was a kitten And she would do that. I thought something was wrong with her. So I took her to the vet. I said, I think there's something wrong with her respiratory system. Because when she was a stray and we found her, she did have like a respiratory infection. So I took her back to the vet and he listened to her purr and he was like, no, she's fine. Then he said, haven't you ever had a cat that that, um, twirled, not twirled. What is the word I'm looking for? Trilled. Trilled. And I said, no, 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 I have not. And he said, it's perfectly normal. But at any rate, it's sort of unique. The other thing about our cat is that she's kind of like a dog. You know, she plays, she runs in, she tries to get us to go to the family room where all of her toys are and play with us. She um, has a toy box that is full of toys and she'll like open the lid and get in there and grab something. And she plays with her toys by herself.
0: People, you have never seen so many cat toys in one person's house. Sarah <laughs> and Steve have given their cat, it's like a lot, a lot, like as many as my kids have when they were babies. So, so cute. They're really, really into her and she loves playing. We have a few toys here and it's just one of them plays really. Um, Bob's really good about putting a mouse at the end of this old writing crop and then Rambos will play, but the other uh-huh. two just look at us like we're nuts. Oh, they're not really? into it. Yeah, they're not into
1: it. Well, I think that's actually maybe more typical, but this is, because this is the only cat I've ever had who just doesn't get bored playing. Most cats will stop at a certain point and wander off, right? But this cat, I'm always the one who has to stop playing because she's just, she's just um,
0: insatiable when it I have comes another to playing. I have another question. Did the vet charge you for the, tr- for the trill visit? I'm afraid so.
1: I know. How lame. It should have been free. It was was like a five-second visit, you know. He should have just billed me some psychiatrist rate, you know, as in, oh, this person's just like a crazy cat lady. (laughs) Hey, that reminds me. Why? Okay, why? This is sexist that everybody's called crazy cat lady. Whoever says crazy dog lady? People don't do that. I think this is sexist. And anti-cat also.
0: This it's is my- definitely anti-cat. I think at some point, a couple of years ago, the number of house cats uh, surpassed the number of pet dogs yeah. in the United States of America. So you're right. And there's some people who do have a lot of dogs or have three or something because so they're just really into it. And um, they just call us crazy cat ladies because like the the stereotype with the hoarding. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, at one point, we thought, before we got this cat, we, we were in between cats, our cats Lucy and Alice, who we moved here from Boston. One of them lived to be 21, one lived to be 18. But once they were both gone, we entertained the notion of getting a dog. We were both working at home then, not traveling so much. We figured we would have time to walk the dog and play with the dog. So we went online and we filled out questionnaire and it was all to lead you to a particular dog breed so we answered all these questions and my husband was like okay i want a dog that does not shed it doesn't bark it doesn't dig it doesn't try to herd you it was like he basically ruled out all these features of dogs that people have spent you know a couple hundred years Um, raising dogs to have these characteristics. And so finally, we got back that there was like one breed and it was a whippet. And basically, if you know the thing about whippets, whippets are like a dog that's a cat. So when we saw that that was the result, we decided, okay, maybe we should just get a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Because what we really wanted was a cat who just happened to be in a dog body. Yep. So we're pretty lame, but we're attached to Kitty. She sleeps on top of our bed. She sleeps on my head, you know, as cats do.
0: How old is Kitty?
1: Gosh, I think she's like seven or maybe 11. I should know this, right? I've got to look it up. Um, Yeah, she's older than I think. But um, yeah, I I bet I should find that out because I'm not a very good cat mother if I can't remember the age of my cat. Yeah, so I think that's kind of concluded um, the cat topic. Obviously, we could go longer, but this is probably shaping up to be our last episode in our first season. So um, we just want to tell our listeners, gosh, thanks for listening to all the other episodes. Thanks for your comments. Thanks for going to the Facebook page that we made to go with our podcast. You know, we really appreciate everybody who subscribed or people who shared the podcasts. It's been a pretty cool journey. And, you know, we just started it in March. Now it's June. We've got one season under our belt. And I don't one, know, what do
0: you think? One season, yeah. We, list, we, we covered a lot of topics and um, we learned a lot about, you know, how to use Zoom and how to record and how to edit <laughs> stuff. And, um, no, it's been fun and I'm sure we'll come up with some, uh, some new, uh, people to interview and some new people, authors. We always love authors and yep. we happen to be going to Esalen the week after next. So it's possible we'll make a show and that we'll pop it into the end, the end of the season of 16 or it can be
1: season two, episode one. It could go either way. Yeah. We're going to writer's camp and, it would be a really fun place to just put our microphone down at the dining room table and um, interview people. We'll see if we can get that organized. And if not, we were we're just going to take the summer off, approximately, and spend some time promoting our podcast because that's a whole other activity. And then we'll probably be back in the fall. Is get my guess with uh, starting up with season two.
0: Yeah. And I'd like to tell everybody who's listening that we now have 1,596 individual plays with a, um, for, for, for 14 shows. Sorry. Yeah. 14 shows. Wow. Three estimate audience size, but it has to be more than that because the first one was listened to 400 times. So, um, I don't understand how they count the individual. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I yeah I don't even really understand the statistics either. Whether it's like like if we each played each episode a hundred thousand times, would and there were really only two listeners, would that I guess the statistics would notice, right? I don't know, <laughs> but we do know there are other people out there because you guys are uh, sweet enough to send us text messages. I just got one today from a former colleague who texted me that he had been listening and he really liked our podcast. He was gonna buy one of the books from our, one of the authors we interviewed. So
0: that was pretty good. Cool. he texted you via the Anchor app?
1: Nope, just normal texting. Okay. okay.
0: Can I just say that in the Anchor app, and some people are probably listening on Apple and some people on Anchor, there's a voicemail. You can call us and ask a question or make a comment.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, that—that that you see that? It would be So incredible. how
0: fun would that be? Can someone please
1: do that? Yes, someone do that, and we promise we will include that somehow. We will bring that into our next podcast. If enough people did it, then we could have listeners' recordings as part of the podcast on a regular basis. Ooh, that would be awesome. We'll One work on that.
0: Thing, you know, let's work on that. And Another thing is... I am so tempted to do ads. Charlotte's less interested, but all we need to do is make a 30 second ad for anchor and we get 15 bucks.
1: Well, what's stopping us? We can do a 15. I really want Phil's though. I want Phil's and Tofu food kitchen. They need to be advertising with us. That's obvious. Who else? Yeah. Who else?
0: We'll have to write them a letter. All right. This is a little easier because they're just going to do it automatically because the ads for Anchor, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. And this, I don't know if anybody knows this, this website called medium.com that people use for blogging, but you end up sharing it and people get followers and claps. It's like, it's like social media. On blogging. steroids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very odd. And I keep getting checks for $1.17. <gasps> that's so I- awesome. Somebody clapped for my article.
1: You know what? There's what? your Phil's money. That will buy you one third of a Phil's coffee. So just keep those dollar seven checks coming.
0: <laughs> That's exciting though. That's real money. That's money, honey. All right. Well, Cheryl, let's wrap it up. It's, uh, it's been great doing this first sa- season with you. And I just want to yeah. say something. You were born to do this. Oh, you know what?
1: You were born to do this. We were. We definitely yeah. were born to do this and we're going to keep it up. This is just the beginning.
0: Yeah. So high-fiving over Zoom. Shut the fuck up. We're not shut done talking yet. Up. Shut the fuck up. We're not done talking yet.
1: All right. Bye. Love you.
0: Sweetie. Bye. Bye. Love you.
1: Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode.
0: You can get more information about it on facebook.com backslash Sharla Danielle podcast.